Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, I know you all are still talking about the Super Bowl. I am, and it's definitely the buzz around my workplace these days. And, of course, it would be because I'm in the PR and ad world. But, you know, more than 110 million people watch Super Bowl on Sunday, even during the blackout. And at an average of $3.8 million a pop, those ads that ran in the Super Bowl better be worth it, right? Well, um, there's a lot has been covered on the Super Bowl and the blackout and how how it was all approached. But I was reading uh, Bruce Horowitz's essay today, and I just thought it was interesting. You may be aware of USA's Today's ad meter, which is in its 25th year, really taking a look at which ads popped. And what they do is they go out and they do an online poll of nearly 8,000 pre-registered panelists, and they ask them, which ones did you like the best? And I just thought you might find it interesting, because it's kind of a Super Bowl theme today, that Anheuser-Busch, the horse and trainer reunited, came out on top. Now, that was a hugely emotional spot. And if you saw it, you know what I mean. You probably cried. Uh, the other one that was a big one uh, was number two in USA Today's Ad Meter poll was tied, the Miracle Stain, followed by Ram, the Farmer's Piece, which, again, was another emotional uh, play there. And then uh, Doritos actually hit two of the spots in the top ten, Fashionista Dad and Go For Sale, were big as well. Jeep with Families Waiting, Kia with Space Babies, the NFL itself with the Deion Sanders Returns, Hyundai with the Kit Assembles team, and an Audi with Prom rounded out the top 10. So I don't know if they were among your favorites or not, but I can guarantee you at least one of those hit a high note for you. At the bottom, I thought this was interesting, GoDaddy, you know, the very, very controversial bar Raphael, with the geek, uh, yeah, at the very, very bottom. I don't know about you, but I was kind of grossed out by that. Um, the Calvin Klein guy in the underwear also was near the bottom. Um, and while Anheuser-Busch certainly did well with horse and trainer, it didn't do so well with three of its other spots, uh, which was interesting. So, you know, it, we're a fickle bunch, and we all have our personal favorites, but I but it's interesting to see where USA Today's panelists put those spots. Well, our purse profile today is the Coach Queen, and I can guarantee you she was watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. Nearly 2 million of these women out there in her mid-30s stays at home, um, raising her two kids on average, household income of more than $115,000. Lots of interest, um, very interested in 
um, you know, her home, keeping herself looking stylish. She's very focused on the art. She travels a lot, likes to stay in nice places. But number one priority is her family, and she really does those family events in quite the grand scale. She's focused on in buying environmentally um, friendly products, and when it comes to shopping, she definitely is out there shopping, but she does shop for the best price. So if you're a marketer, how do you connect with the Coach Queen? Well, her friends are huge influencers on what she purchases. The store environment is crucial to her as well. It does impact if she's going to stick around and, and kind of scope out the shelves or if she's going to hightail it out. Uh, she reads a lot of magazines, and those influence her as well, uh, like people faith and parenting and traditional home. She's online a lot, getting a lot of information, books a lot of her travel that way. And then, you know, HGTV, TLC, and Food Network all pop for her as well. Well, my guest today certainly knows a lot about the Super Bowl. In fact, he's been quoted various times um, kind of talking about the impact of those Super Bowl ads. Dr. Andrew Rome, he's a marketing professor at Loyola Marymount University and business administration. And um, his research examines consumer usage and acceptance of new media, as well as firms' use of mobile and social media marketing strategies. Of course, being a professor, he has published, as you can imagine, a lot of them in marketing journals, and he has courses relating to advertising, digital marketing, and social media. Thrilled to have him on. We're going to have, I'm sure, a lively discussion around Super Bowl ads and, and how they might be resonating with women more when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Aim clear. The agency brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. 
Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Dr. Andrew Rome, marketing professor at Loyola Marymount University and the College of Business Administration. Dr. Rome, or Andy, even me permission to call him, teaches courses related to advertising, digital marketing, social media. And I'm really excited to have you on, Andy, to talk about what everyone's talking about, the Super Bowl ads. Thanks, Marie. I'm glad to be part of Purse Strings. Oh, well, I just have to start off. Let's just make it known. Were you rooting for the 49ers or the Ravens? You know, I was actually cheering for, a, a, I know this sounds lame, a good close game, and we got that game, good game after the power outage, although I guess I have to say I wish the 49ers had won because I like the coach, Jim Harbaugh, and the Ravens beat my New England Patriots oh. to get to the game. So Yeah, well, there you go. But All it, very rational. It was a great game, and I think we're so used to having Super Bowls kind of being super busts, if you will. This was really an exciting one to watch. Forget the fact that it was a close game, but you had the power out and she had Beyonce. That we need, really, when it's all said and done. Um, but I, we do know that brands certainly took advantage of that power outage. I'm curious what your thoughts were about what some of those brands like Tide and Oreo the opportunity. Yeah, I, I really think what Tide and Ario did were was simply brilliant. Um, what they did was a, a great example of this new age of marketing, um, where uh, they were they were very nimble in in terms of of reacting real time to um, uh, to the to the power outage, and I think that that's so important today because if if brands aren't nimble and ready to react in real time with the power of social, you know, the social space and um, Twitter, then, you know, you, you come across as kind of being old fashioned or, um, or really not in touch. And I think for the, for the listeners, um, you know, what Oreo did was uh, they came out with the, um, uh, with the graphic um, that was designed and captioned and improved within minutes. So um, it took a lot of decisions to get that um, to Twitter, and I, I think it was really effective. And I, I love the, um, you know, the um, uh, what Audi did as well in terms of kind of poking a little bit of fun at Mercedes Benz, the sponsor of the Superdome in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, they were just really smart and, and to your point, quick kinds of reactions to what could have been and was kind of an unexpected and to some degree frustrating event for, for people who were watching the Super Bowl. I, I I was reading a little bit more about the Oreo approach, and, you know, what made that happen was that they had all the right people in a room together who could make those decisions quickly. And I think sometimes when you're working with brands, you know, in, in very large matrix organizations, it's really hard to get those approvals turned around, but it was definitely working in Oreo's favor that they had all the room that could make those decisions really, really fast. And I think more brands are going to have to and want to be as nimble as that, especially now that they're seeing the kind of buzz that can be generated for those kind of opportunistic um, opportunities, if you will. Yeah, and I, I think the fun, one of the fundamental, fundamental takeaways from what Oreo did was that in the past 10, even 20 years ago, um, you know, marketers and advertisers would create a, a commercial, they'd buy the airtime on the Super Bowl, they'd run the ad, and then they'd, you know, say, okay, we're done, uh, let's prepare for, for next year. But now, 
um, you know, with the real-time nature of social media, it's it's not just enough to create the ad, air it on the Super Bowl, and then think that your job is done. So you have to give uh, the Oreo team credit for uh, not only, um, you know, creating the theme for the Super Bowl, but also reacting as quickly as you mentioned um, during uh, during the game itself. It really amortizes that $3.8 million for a 30-second spot, doesn't it, when you can kind of extend your reach like like those brands. It takes a little bit of the pain out of paying that much for a spot. I'm curious, as you watch the Super Bowl um, and the ad lineup, do you think in general the ads were disappointed? I feel like there were more touchdowns this year than maybe in previous years. Well, as you mentioned, the brands um, that advertise on the on the game paid a lot of money to be part of the big game. I think some uh, some advertisers paid as much as four million dollars for every thirty seconds of commercial time. So, in this case, I'd have to say the game itself uh, was a touchdown, but the ads were mm, just okay. If you you know if you if you looked at the the best ads, uh, for instance, with the USA Today ad meter, um, there wasn't really a Strong consistency in the top five. We saw we saw good work. Uh, we saw the, um, you know drama and and good storylines. Um, but I'd have to say this year I wasn't as impressed as I have been in past years. Was there a particular one or two that you thought were good? Were very good work? Was very strong? Well, you know I love the GoDaddy spot. Ah. Um, <laughs> in you know I mean are we surprised? That no. Daddy created the most incredibly sexist ad. Um, at least the kiss seemed relatively consensual between the nerd and the supermodel. Um, I I like the Samsung um, spot uh, with the two celebrities um, fighting yeah. it out or debating who was going to be the next big thing. I thought that was really consistent with their um, kind of their um, their Apple competitive positioning or competitive positioning vis-a-vis Apple. I like the VW uh, Jamaica Mon spot, um, and then I was really, I was torn. I liked Hyundai, or was it Kia? <laughs> they, uh, both of these car companies created cute, um, you know, humorous mm-hmm. commercials, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember which one was Hyundai and which one was Kia. Oh, uh oh, um, then it didn't. So do one its of the. <laughs> You know, you think of the investment between three and a half and four million dollars for 30 seconds, and when someone who studies the commercials for a you know for a living can't tell one of the others apart, then um, I think that that uh, could lead to uh, wasted money or at least yeah. some you know questionable ROI on their part. Yeah, it definitely speaks volumes because you, the whole point is you want that ad to stand out and drive awareness for the brand and preference for the brand. And do you feel in this day and age that um, the Super Bowl ad is really worth it? Is it worth the spend for what it can do for a brand if done well? Yeah, actually, I really do. The, the Super Bowl has become a launching pad for new products, new services, um, new campaigns that maybe attempt to reposition products or or brands. And frankly, it still draws the 110 million plus people in, in one set of program, one one program. And the the really interesting dynamic is it, yeah, people watch the game, but even more people watch it for the ads. Mm-hmm. And I can't name uh, a TV programming that 
uh, people watch more for the ads than the actual content itself. And related to the show today, the Super Bowl has a proven ability to reach female viewers. Um, I think this year, as what, as has been the last six or eight years, it reached almost 50% um, female viewership. And these are numbers that, interestingly, exceed uh, programming like the Academy Awards and the Grammys combined. So there's not one single TV programming vehicle that allows you to reach the masses like the Super Bowl. Uh, the dynamic is one where people actually watch the game for the commercials as much or more than the ad, than the, than the, the game itself, and it reaches a, a really sizable female audience. Yeah, and, you know, it's not as ads in the Super Bowl. So many brands are led in advance. What are your, is your thought on that strategy? Do you think that makes sense, or do you think there's something to kind of having the anticipation of seeing the ad for the first time during the actual game itself? Can I, can I give you a nuanced answer? Absolutely. <laughs> and that is, it, it really depends on the advertisement and its content. For instance, if the commercial is really funny or clever, People, viewers uh, that see the the commercial, that if it's if it's released before the game, will tend to then recommend it and talk about it amongst their friends before the game. So, in other words, in a, a kind of a, a psych 101 theory, psychology 101, it primes people to look for the ad and to tell others to pay attention to the ad during the game. So, yeah, I, I think it, it works. If the, if the commercial, if the spot is done well, um, I also have to say that teasers are good too, which is not releasing the, in, the commercial in full, but perhaps releasing names of, of celebrities in the commercial um, or releasing it, the full commercial, to select tastemakers or bloggers or key influencers in your market. Mm-hmm. If you... If you if you release your commercial in full to the mass to the masses via you know YouTube or or social, and if the ad isn't so great, then viewers you risk viewers tuning it out during the game, and you really don't want that to happen. Um, so there are some examples of of brands that kept their spots somewhat a secret. Uh, the wonderful pistachios. Did you see that with um, Cy? I didn't. I missed that one. Okay. Well, that was really cute. And they released um, a little, they created a little bit of buzz before the Super Bowl. So um, in my network of, of friends watching the game, uh, we were kind of staying, you know, look, looking for this commercial um, uh, featuring, featuring the, um, uh, the funny dancer, before, you know, during the game. So, yeah, I think it all depends on, on the nature of the ad, the nature of the product category. Um, and there are other ways to release ads or different, different degrees of releasing ads that would allow some brands just to create a little bit of buzz or, or, or news or you know, newsworthy um, uh, attention to the ad without releasing the ad in full. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I liked your nuanced answer. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to pick up on something you said earlier about the Super Bowl reaching, you know, women, 50% of the entire viewership being women. And I want to debate whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for those um, that choose to advertise during the Super Bowl. So more from Dr. Andy Rome when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. 
discuss and shape the future of performance marketing in New York City, March 12th to the 13th at the Performance Marketing Insights Conference. Come hear from and talk to other global industry leaders as they share how they're developing new revenue streams, deploying the latest technologies, preparing for increased regulation, and leveraging for the most effective digital advertising channels. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners can save 15% on registration by using the promo code WEBMPMI15. That's WEBMPMI15. For more information and to register today, visit PerformanceMarketingInsights.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone as well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to webmasterradio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. Webmasterradio.fm. We really are everywhere. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, welcome back. I've been debating Super Bowl ad success with... Rome. He is an associate professor of marketing at Loyola Marymount University in LA. And uh, we're just getting to the good stuff here around women. Um, and as I always do, I mean, I watch these and I think, ah, oh, these most of these ads seem to degrade women. It's, it's very linear. Um, but we know that so many women watch Super Bowl, and as you said yourself, 50% of the viewership are. So I'm curious, if you put your female hat on for a moment, what's your takeaway how women were presented in the ads this year, and do you think that had a positive effect or cooling effect for the brands? You know, um, one of the key takeaways from the Super Bowl, from any Super Bowl, could be that some brands are just really stupid and women are often portrayed as sex objects. But, you know, I guess from the male perspective, putting my male hat on, just look at the Calvin Klein ad for its new underwear um, that, that um, you know, uh, aired during the Super Bowl. And it did a pretty good job of objectifying men. Um, so my question would be, perhaps women viewers are actually just as shallow and superficial as us men. Hey, wait a minute. I would say that I saw that ad and I went, huh, big deal. Just a guy in his skivvies. He has pretty good ads, but abs, but I have to tell you, it did nothing for me. So I guess the question I have is what's the impact on the viewer? Yes, they may objectify men or objectify women, but it's really doing what it's supposed to do if you're paying that much money for a Super Bowl ad. Right. And as you mentioned before, Maria, uh, women make up 
almost 85% of all spending power. So brands do take a risk um, when they don't consider the more diverse audience for the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, I think that's also indicative or I, I think that's representative of the types of brands and products you see now advertised. You're mm-hmm. uh, seeing less um, kind of frat-like beer ads showing cat fights and you're um, seeing more, I guess, consumer products like detergent, like Oreo. And the one commercial that really stands out in my mind is back in 2006 when Dove, with its uh, campaign Redefining Beauty, brought out its Anthem spot, um, which was, I I really think, a a big risk for Dove, but it was also a big success in kicking off its um, campaign for real beauty. and just ironically, they, they use the Super Bowl as a as the launching pad for that, um, with you know, a, perceivedly a predominantly male um, set of programming. It it was really effective um, in terms of the almost half of the female viewership. Yeah, and that's always you know that's kind of our our glistening example, I think, in the marketing to women space. What that what that brand has done for really elevating um, authentic advertising to women in, in a really powerful way. Um, yeah, the, you, go ahead. Well, there, there was also a, a recent um, Millward Brown study uh, released by WPP that studied um, uh, which type of ads uh, were um, more effective to men and women. And, and the study was surprising in that it found actually little difference in the way men and women overall respond to ads. It found that men do like ads that are funny or creative or that are sexual in nature where uh, the study also found that women like ads featuring children and slice of life themes. So Interesting. you could also say that the kind of the appeals, uh, advertising appeals are converging where men and women, um, you know, uh, may end up um, responding similar to, um, to similar ads. Yeah. I want to get back to kind of the reverse of a question I had earlier is, you know, before we were talking about do you release these ads in advance and you talked a little bit about how it can stimulate buzz. But, I mean, here we are two days after the Super Bowl talking about the ads. Do you think brands consider how ads will live on through commercial networks and kind of that recommendation or that chatter after the ad has run and specifically women uh, because we are so, so, so uh, social in nature and we, we are so connected on Facebook. Do you feel like women have the ability to kind of um, do ad and even though the brand may think it was a successful ad, deep fixing it or making it even more powerful just through that social network that they have? That's a really good question, and I'm glad you asked because it may be even more important to leverage the money that you spend during the Super Bowl by continuing that conversation between the brand and its consumers after the game. So, you know, before we had talked about is it it important for brands to release their spots or portions of their spots before the game, and my thesis is, you know, that's fine, but what really helps to pay the bills in terms of um, continuing consumer engagement would be what you do after the game to continue that conversation. Uh, right. You, in, by doing so, you open yourself up to critique, for crit- to criticism, to comments that are negative, um, and, and, you know, and you, you need to be ready for that. You need to be prepared to either ignore it or to, to respond. Um, 
But the positive is that you can use the social space um, and now through hashtag campaigns and such, it's a brilliant way of continuing that dialogue. And that's so when you're spending three to three and a half to four million dollars for 30 seconds, um, you help to amortize that money over a longer period of time. And you can not only, you know, follow through via social media, but it's also important to think of the physical world and following through um, at the, uh, for instance, at the physical store level. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I think it's a smart approach. You can really personalize those ads too through that one on one communication. And you can also um, inter- interject if you feel like you're construed as well. And there's a lot to be said for that. Um, I do have one last question, and you don't have to answer it if you're not comfortable, but what type of Super Bowl ad would you create if you could? What do you think the ad creatives that live in the ivory towers of the ad agency world, what do you think they're missing? Oh, now's my big chance. (laughs) It's Um, your big chance. I would take the 3 o'clock in the morning infomercial route and create something so in-your-face obnoxious yet with a really strong call to action that sales would rise you know, exponentially right after its viewing. And I also have to say that that's why I teach advertising rather than I work than working in the field as a creative director. <laughs> hey, you know what? There, you can actually get that remnant space for very low cost, too, so that would be an effective use of your spend. <laughs> Well, who knows? Maybe you'll be asked to consult on the next ads. Who knows? <laughs> well, Dr. Andy Rome, thank you so much for making time today to kind of kind of talk uh, seriously, lightly about the Super Bowl ads. I really appreciate your insight. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks again for everyone listening today. And thanks to my producer, George. Join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.